Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friend, welcome once again to Think Red Ink Ministries series called The Words of Jesus. I really appreciate being able to come to you with this kind of thing. This is the whole crux of what we do here at Think Red Inc. The idea is for you to be so familiar with what Jesus said that it just automatically comes into your head as uh, you make the decisions of life and wondering what to do sometimes. We just have to think red ink. What did Jesus say? What did he do? What did he say to do? And uh, we need to make sure that uh, that our lives resemble his. Um, it's not that difficult to do. We started talking here in chapter 3 about the temptation of Jesus, and this one is really kind of stretching on here because there's so much to talk about. Um we uh, started reading, uh, and uh, this is chapter 3 in this little book, but it's uh, Matthew 4, uh, Mark 1, and Luke 4. Immediately after he'd been baptized, the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. After, after fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The King James actually says he was and hungered. That's what that means. <laughs> he was hungry. Now, it might be interesting for you to know that um, it, those of you who have fasted for any length of time knows that um, as you eliminate food from your, from your daily life, um, it's difficult when it first starts out because your body rebels but after a while, there comes a part of this fasting experience that is uh, very peculiar, and that is that hunger leaves you. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, I've even found that in some fasting situation, food is just kind of disgusting to you, and uh, it's hard to watch somebody eat. But um, it is a fact that hunger, and many times I think it's just appetite, uh, leaves and and uh, just it's just not a part of your thinking anymore. And um, the body has a um, uh, a natural function to it as uh, food is uh, withdrawn from the script from the from from the body. Um, the the body starts to consume itself, and when the scriptures say that he was a hungered, or in, in this particular translation said he was hungry, uh, you need to know that that hunger has returned because the body is now in danger of consuming itself. When the body starts to consume itself, uh, it's called starvation. And it will consume vital organs. It will consume... Uh, uh, things in, in within yourself, you think it's almost self-destructive, but it's a it's a mechanism that's in us that kicks in, uh, and it kicks in in different times, depending on you know the the 
the fat content or however a person's built or their metabolism, all those things enter into it. But the scriptures wanted us to know that Jesus did not move into the temptation of the stones being made bread in that state of fasting, because it says that he'd been fasting for 40 days. The scriptures wanted us to know that he didn't move into that temptation in that situation where he'd been fasting so long that he wasn't even hungry. He was more than hungry. He had more than an appetite. He had more than an empty stomach. He had already moved into the area of starvation. So it is like the the ultimate physical temptation to to uh, take the power of God that was obviously his to use and um, and change rocks into bread. I want you to look at what Jesus said because uh, I got a feeling that's going to finish out uh, this show because this is a huge subject. He said. Um, if you be the Son of God, Satan speaking, if you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus replied, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you know anything about Think Red Ink Ministries, uh, it's built upon uh, a revelation that was made very, very real to me Uh, many years ago now, that the scriptures use the term word of God not to refer to the written scriptures. When it comes to the written scriptures, it simply refers to them as the scriptures, which they are. These are the written documents. That's all scriptures means. Uh, Scriptures, that's what it's all about. A person who uh, writes things for a living is known as a scrivener. Um, and things that are written are are script, or if they're if they're written and collected as documents, they're scripture. Uh, that's all the Bible ever. That's the only way it refers to itself. Um, when the Bible talks about the word of the Lord, the word of God, um, it is talking about the supernatural communication between God and man whether that be something that is written. Oh, I, I am, I'm not under any delusion that when I read the scriptures that uh, what, I'm, what I'm hearing within my spirit is not the word of God. I believe that it is. But to, to um, arbitrarily add to the scriptures some magical component is a huge mistake for us to make. Um, the uh, I think a, a lot of this started within the Catholic faith uh, when people were taught to say ten Our Fathers, uh, which is the beginning of uh, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, um, uh, or Hail Marys, or Novenas, or these kind of things that have given supernatural power to words Friend, that is so close to satanic incantation, uh, they can hardly be uh, separated. Um, a witch or a, or a whatever uh, black arts goblins out there, whatever they are, uh, that take their book of incantations, 
they need a certain spell and they flip through their book until they find a certain spell and they start to read these words, you know. And as they read these words, they are incanting. They are, these incantations are supposed to bring about power or uh, to conjure spirits or to to bring about something in their life that's not there presently. Um, I'm afraid that a lot of what Christians practice by taking the scriptures and and flipping it open and reading or finding their favorite verse or whatever it is. Look, I'm not, I understand that. It is easy to fall in love with the scriptures. They've given us answers that we haven't had before. I don't know what I'd do without my Bible. I mean, I love my scriptures, but they're not the word of God as Christ is the word of God. Christ is the living word of God. His intention is for the Father to speak to us now in this life. Give us revelation knowledge. He told his disciples, I'm going to go away. They said, oh, that's a shame. We don't want you to go away. Oh, no, it's good for me. I'm sorry. He says, no, it's good for you that I go away. It's good for you. It's expedient for you that I go away. Well, let's just look at that for a moment. How in the world could it be better? How could it be better for me that my Lord Jesus, who's sitting right here in this chair next to me and is able to speak to me and able to answer my questions, how in the world could any relationship be better than a one-on-one personal eye-to-eye, face-to-face relationship? How could that even be? He's saying that if I go away, it's going to be better for you than it is right now. Because if you keep my commandments, I and my Father will manifest ourselves to you. We'll move into you and lead you and guide you from the inside. I will become a part of you. You will become a part of me. He prays in John 17. He said, Father... I and them, them and me, us and them, you and us, uh, all one. (laughs) That was his purpose. That was his plan from the beginning. That cannot happen as long as Jesus is here with us. So he says, so if I go away, I am going to, I know you're getting guidance from me now. I know you're asking me questions now. I know that you have something that's on your mind. And you and you you need me to clarify it. You can look at me across the campfire and ask me, and I'll tell you. But I'm telling you, there's going to be something better than that. What in the world could be better than that? And the Lord Jesus says, "If I go away, I'm going to send you a book." Did he say that? No, he didn't say that. If I go away, I'm going to send you a pastor. No, he didn't say that. I'm going to send you a church, Sunday school literature. I'm going to have people write books. The libraries are going to be full of books, and you can read them. He didn't say any of that, did he? He never mentioned it. It wasn't even in the equation. What did he say? If I go away, I'm going to send the Spirit of God, and it's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He didn't say, I'm going to send you a book. Oh, by the way, sorry about it, but... That book is going to be written in a language you don't understand. 
So you may have to learn Hebrew, but that's no hill climb. You'll be all right. Maybe you'll get yourself a Greek one and learn Greek. Get yourself a Latin one and learn Latin. Uh, maybe it'll even be translated. Oh, yeah, there's another problem is that, um, you know, for the first, uh, I don't know, 16, 1700 years after I'm gone, not everybody's going to have one of these. There's only going to be a handful of these books. And until I got a guy in mind, Gutenberg, he's going he's gonna to get one in everybody's hands. So the last 150 years, we've had, all of us have had Bibles. Well, that's when this relationship with the book has grown. Because I agree with you, it's precious. I can't live without it. I love it. I live by every word in it. But when it comes to the Word of God, it's none other than Jesus Christ. Never has been anything else. Jesus Christ, the Lord speaking to us in our ear or within our spirit, that's the Word of God. The first time it was mentioned, I believe it was... Um, Uh, it was uh, said to Saul, I think Samuel uh, was speaking to Saul. He said, come aside and I'll show you the word of God. Now, do you think that Samuel took him aside and read to him out of a Bible? Of course not. The word of God, it's quick. What does that mean? It's alive. That's what the King James word quick means. The word of God is alive and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there anything that is not manifest in... Now, do you know what a pronoun is? <laughs> it, uses a pro, it uses a male pronoun, and the subject of the sentence is the Word of God. I know you thought it was talking about the Bible. I know when, when you read that and you say that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharpening the two-edged sword, and somebody is quoting that scripture, I know you're thinking about the scriptures. We've been taught to do that. But the Bible says, neither is there anything that is not manifest in His sight. Whose sight? The Bible's sight? This is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart? Neither is there anything that is that's not manifest in his sight. That scripture is not talking about your Bible. It's talking about Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Continue reading that particular scripture that I'm telling you now. You'll find personal um, male pronouns throughout that scripture. Why? Because it's not talking about a book. It's not talking about an it. It's talking about him. Now, Jesus said here, he says, um, uh, Satan is saying, well, if you're hungry, why don't you make these, these stones into bread? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Do you hear what's happened here? He's equated hearing the word of God to daily bread. What's the daily bread? Is it not manna? The manna that was given every day, he gave that bread every day for, to sustain the lives of the children of Israel. That's daily bread if I ever heard of it. Do you know that Jesus said one time, he says, 
You know, you accredit Moses for giving you that bread in the wilderness. He said, I want you to know, that bread was me. Moses didn't give you that bread. I am the bread. I am the bread. I am the bread that fell from heaven. I am the daily bread. You're going to find that bread and the word of God are, are interchangeably almost synonymous when Jesus is speaking figuratively and, and speaking in the, these particular manners. Now, some people feel like that because the scriptures record stories, situations, personal experiences and these kind of things, that it has some kind of power. And that, uh, as I say, they mistakenly use them as incantations instead of what they are, which is uh, an accurate record of men and women who have obeyed God and who did exploits in His name and in His nature over the years. And it's given to us for our own admonition so that we can see and that we can read and we can hear these stories and we need to be teaching these stories to our children. Dad, you need to be teaching these stories to your children. And uh, we need to be very familiar with these words. But these words are the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the word of God. You keep finding word and the bread put together here. Now, Satan is tempting him, saying, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus said, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let me tell you a story about the poor children of Israel <laughs> who were kind of cowardly, and they, uh, well, I don't blame them. You know, they, they, were, they were coming into some rough country. And um, you remember when Caleb and Joshua went out and they spied out the land and they came back and said, this is the greatest thing it ever was. We can, we're well able to take this land. And the children of Israel said, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, I don't think this is a good idea. No, no, no. God's going to give it to us, they're saying. He's going he's gonna to go before us and fight our enemies. We're going to be able to take this. We're going to be simple. It'll be easy. It'll go quick. Well, what happened? They all chickened out, didn't they? They all went to their tents, as they say, and um, they got to feeling bad that night. And they said, you know, isn't it a fact that if the Lord said to take it, that we ought to take it? If he said he's going to fight our battles, then perhaps we ought to let him do that. We made a mistake here. I'll tell you what. In the morning, we'll all get together and we'll get our swords and get our equipment and all gather out there and we'll take off. We'll go, we'll go subdue these people. Well, they did just that. And they're all getting ready. Moses is saying, what are you doing? Well, we're going to go fight the enemy. Oh, no, you're not. What do you mean? The Lord said, he said, the Lord said that yesterday. He didn't say that today. He said that yesterday, him reiterating, it may have been Joshua that was reiterating the story. He says, you remember what they did to you at Harma? They chased you like bees. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen anybody being chased by a bee, but it's not a fun sight. And it's certainly not fun for it to happen to you. But these people were afraid. 
They ran. They were chased like bees were after them. Well, I thought they had the word of God. They had the word of God yesterday. They didn't act on it yesterday. What makes you think you can take a scripture out of the Bible that's 3,500 years old, written to a particular person, said in a particular way, by God, to a particular man, through a particular prophet, for a particular time in the scripture? What makes you think you can take a 3,500-year-old promise or prophecy or anything and apply it to your life today? What makes you think you can do that? I know what makes you think you can do that. The preachers preach this all the time. I wouldn't prosper and be in good health. I'm a-claiming it in the name of Jesus. Well, you can claim it all you want to. But you see, the Word of God is quick. It's alive and powerful. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but he will live by every word of God. Now here's the key. That proceedeth. Now I know that's Elizabethan English. I know that's King James. You want me to put it in English? That proceeds. Not that proceeded in past tense. Not that will proceed, that which is in the future. But that which proceeds from the mouth of God. When do you need to seek the word of God in your life? Right now. When do you need to hear the word of God to answer a prayer, to answer a conundrum in your life, a quandary in your life, something that you don't understand? Maybe you need to be clarified on, you need revelation from God. When do you need that? You need that right now. Because if you get that right now, what you're getting is the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But, you see, you can't write this down and claim it forever. That's called incantation. That's taking, that's, that's, that's adding some power or mystic uh, uh, ability to the scriptures that they simply don't have. You know, um, this is nothing new. This has been going on as long as there's been scriptures. As long as there's been scriptures, people have done this to the Bible, turned it into a book of incantations. This is why we have this soundbite theology nowadays that people can quote this scripture and this scripture and this one 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 and this one, but they don't know the stories that they pertain to. You don't need to know the stories. All I got to do Thumb through my Bible until I find where he addresses something that kind of sounds like what I'm going through. That's all I need to do. And if it's got a good promise attached to it, I'm going to claim it for myself. I know what we can do. Let's go through the Bible and take out every promise in the Bible and print it in a new book called The Promises of God or something like that. We can make some money on this. I'll tell you what we can do. Let's just print it on little cards and put it on our breakfast table in a little box that's shaped like a loaf of bread. Where'd you get the idea that it was bread? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. So this is our daily bread now. This is our daily bread. Hey, let's make a magazine and call it our daily bread. And we're just going to pull out little scriptures and we're going to make them make us feel better. Friend, 
You don't need to read the Word of God. You need to hear the Word of God. It's quick. It's alive. It's powerful. It's there for us. It is the promise of Jesus Christ. Keep my commandments. I'll come into you and I'll lead you and guide you into all truth. Friend, there's not a day. Not a day goes by that you should be sure that you're keeping the commandments of God, that you're not disobeying your conscience, even as it is today. Even though it's not complete and it's certainly not accurate in some cases, you need to obey your conscience. You need to learn how to do that. And thirdly, you need to seek God every day for his revelation for you. What is the Lord trying to tell us? What does he want to say to us? Because his intention, his plan, is to come inside you and lead you from the inside. This idea of the life of Christ being a part of us was made so clear to the disciples that it confused them. Judas, not Iscariot, but Judas asked the Lord when he got done laying out this plan, he said, you're going to manifest yourself to us? Yes. Do you know what manifest means? This is more than just appearing. This is for us to know them fully and for them to know us fully, to be manifested to each other. You're going to manifest yourself to us? Yes. Well, you're doing that right now. Oh, it'll be more than that. Well, then how are you going to do that and not manifest yourself to the world? It was a confusion for him. And if he, because he understood exactly what Jesus was saying. I'm going to be more real to you then than I am now. This is why it's expedient for you that I go away. How are you going to do that? He said, I'm going to put the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that's in my Father, the same Spirit that my Father is, that is in me, is going to be in you. What did he say? You've had the Spirit of God with you, on you, but I'm going to put him in you. Now, friend, did... through this half hour. Have you understood now what it means when he says, it's expedient for you, it's good for you, it's better for you that I go away? You've only experienced the Spirit of God on your life. You've only experienced life with the Holy Spirit. And my intention is to put him in you. All right, it's time for us to go now. Thanks so much for making this a part of your day. This Words of Jesus series is being brought to you by Think Red Inc. Ministries. We want to hear from you. Let us know that you're listening. You can do that simply by sending me an email, don at thinkredinc.com. Or you can write by paper letter, Think Red Inc. Ministries at uh, P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. All right, you need answers in your life? You need to know what to do next? Think Red Ink. Bye-bye for now. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com 
That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.